You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. There's a place here at the table. Your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic because your waistband's going to get tight. Take time's done we're having a night. Hi, friends. It's Sophie. And it's Ari. And you're listening to Having a Night. Reviving the lost art of the dinner party. Did you guys catch that we changed the slogan a little bit? That's right. Just it's a little, a little cute little nip and a tuck here and there, and <laughs> no more dedicating and podcast. Well, it's still a podcast, but you know that already. I don't have to tell you in the tagline. I, it's too wordy. It was too wordy. I can't believe it took us two years to figure that out. <gasps> I think oh that's what we've been missing. I think now the they will the. They will come. The listeners will come in droves, in thousands, in tens of thousands, in thousands of thousands, reviving the lost art of the dinner party. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Don't say thousands. We need tens of thousands. Guys, tell your friends. We're out here. Tell your friends who eat. (laughs) Hey, what'd you eat this week? Uh, What did we eat this week? True, true, true. We got together for a little very safe, very half vaxxed Passover dinner. I mean, I would just call the whole thing a spring break. Yeah. Spring break. I can't believe you've never seen spring breakers. I will never hear those two words the same again. Thank you, James Franco. Sophie and Harry hosted. Chris and I went and so did our fabulous friend Mallory. You're all very safe, vaccinated. Some people were even took another step and got tested. Anywho, I don't think we're going to be canceled because of this at this rate. You guys cooked such fabulous meals multiple times a day. Well, I was worried because Harry, (sighs) Harry told me that maybe the chicken was a little bit underdone. And then he said maybe the lamb was underdone. And if you guys follow us on Instagram, then you saw that a cake was massively underdone. But I would also say like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. The theme is underdone and ill-prepared. I don't Um, think so. I thought the chicken was perfect. I think so. I think Americans are so used to having chicken overdone, and that's how chicken should be. I thought the late. I thought it was great. Thank you. Also, I mean, then that that chicken carcass became an incredible stock. Correct. That stock was good. So good. Made for a great matzo ball soup. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Some of the best I've had. (laughs) Thanks. I didn't make matzo this year, which I felt. You know, I felt. Like a real lazy bones. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was so great. It was so nice to feel normal. Yeah. Like it felt very relaxed and was probably like the least nervous that I've been around other people in a year. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of like riding a bike. Yeah. You never forget it. I think the first five minutes I was like, "Uh oh, I'm standing too close or I'm sitting too close. And, and not actually those words didn't even form. I was just like kind of 
through this habit that we've all built, just kind of keeping away. And then I was like, wait a second, it's okay. Like I can sit next to these people on the couch and, and it will be fine. Yeah. It was amazing. Totally. I guess I ate the same things as you ate. So I can't really, can't really help you out here. Yeah. Um, well, the chicken was interesting because I used, so I think Ari and I are obviously now at a point where if we're roasting a chicken, we don't usually use a recipe, but Simon Hopkinson has a couple of books, both of which are focus on roast chicken. So it's roast chicken and other stories. And he's a beautiful writer. And I had never done Ari's full-blown yawning. You okay? No, I'm not. But that's not because of you. It's because I stay up too late. <laughs> She's a real night owl, this one. We did talk a lot about sleep this weekend, I feel like. Anyway, so I tried his roast chicken recipe, which is like he rubs the outside with butter and then just does a clove of smashed garlic on the inside and uh, puts lemon all, all over the bird. But Ooh, like I found it, on it very hard to rub the butter on it. I don't know if like it wasn't room temp enough or if I hadn't dried the bird well enough. Hmm. It was like very hard to rub. I don't know. It just kept on like kind of sticking in clumps on my hands. So the recipe I should try again. Huh. I find that butter is often hard to, um, to spread. Like I hate having to um, grease a pan for kind of the same reasons, yeah, even though sometimes yeah. it's even, I just get really OCD about that kind of thing. Like I want yeah. it to spread evenly. And I wonder if there's a trick, like if you put something on your hands before, but then I guess it needs to stick to your hands as well. I don't know. We'll have to uh, investigate. Yes. So this week we are doing part two of an episode that I thought was really fabulous. So we did part one spring cleaning. If you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen. We had a great time talking about cleaning out your refrigerator, your pantry, your spices. So today we are talking about the freezer. We're talking about tools. I think that's about it. I mean, who knows where we'll go, but we'll start there. Yeah. I don't like to plan things out. I like to, this is a spontaneous spring cleaning freezer time though. And the freezer has gotten so much more love and attention. I mean, we've always been freezer people, but since COVID suddenly people are like, Oh, I need a second freezer. I'm like, of course no. we do. The second freezer movement has really taken off, which obviously if you live in New York city, you don't have a second freezer, but in other parts of, of the not New York city, mm -hmm. I'll get that second freezer. You should have a chest full of beautiful meats. Yep. That just Oh, some confit duck legs. Wow. Yeah. So I'd yeah. say if you have a second freezer, just let's start big and bold here. Then put things like that in the second freezer. Things like meat, confit duck legs, I don't know, a frozen stock, but keep that for things that are you are going to cook. And then in the first freezer, I would keep like ice cream, popsicles, frozen peas, ice packs, Things like that, frozen candy bars that you are going to eat quickly, right away. And obviously ice, different shaped ice cube trays, you know, that we're enthusiastic about those. Yeah. But I mean, what do you think is the big, the biggest challenge with the freezer? What's the biggest challenge? Okay. I think the biggest challenge with the freezer, this comes back to our other episode about spring cleaning. The biggest issue is light. 
The biggest issue is that people (laughs) put things in there and it becomes this black hole where you're like, oh my God, I forgot that I froze, that I had all these frozen berries. And then I went and I bought five more things of frozen berries. Or if you like, you're like me, you froze them at the end of the summer, but you know, or like, oh, I just made a fresh dashi to store in the the freezer. And then you open your freezer and you go to the back and there's like three things of frozen dashi. So I think the enemy is time and light because people think of the freezer as like, yeah, really? (laughs) Because people think of the freezer as like, you know, it's cryogenically frozen. I'll exactly like, I'll bring it back whenever I need to revive it. Therefore things just get forgotten about. So time, memory, and light. Wow. Wow. I've broken it down, my friends. What do you think is the enemy? Yeah, I'd say memory. I'd say it's like a place where things go to forget. And you think, oh, I'll remember what that is. I'll remember what that unlabeled container is. No, I won't. Forget in the morning. What do you always have in your freezer? Like what's oh, a that thing, something you need? Okay. So I do, you already touched on the ice cubes because I do have an ice maker, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. And I think most freezers now come with ice makers, but like, instead of having to constantly fill up an ice tray, it's really nice to have an ice maker. But then yeah. I also like to have, so I like to, ha- I have ball ice things, you Love know, like those. the big balls. Yeah, and I also big have big balls, baby. And I also <laughs> have like a really old fashioned silver, like, or not silver, you know, but like aluminum tray that makes big cubes. So I have those two Ooh. at all times. Then I do always have a stock of some kind, frozen bananas. Then at the end of last August, I froze all my berries. So I'm just getting to the end of the, I had berries, peaches, and plums. So I froze all of those. And now I'm getting to the end of them, which is great because the season's coming back. Yeah. Phyllo dough and puff pastry. I like to always have. Wow. You've got a really, I, okay, go on. This and is then I like to, you know, usually there's like an ice cream of some kind or like a frozen cookie, just something sweet that is sitting there waiting to be rediscovered. But yeah. Oh, and then I made Sophia Samuda, the gardener that we had on a few months ago, a few weeks ago from her, I made these herb cubes. So I had like whizzed up a bunch of herbs with olive oil. Also they had like ginger and then like all kinds of stuff, froze those in cubes. And then I have those sitting in a Tupperware. So like little things like that. Yeah. I weirdly don't have frozen peas at the moment, but I love having peas on hand. So I should have those. What about you? Well, it feels like it's been so long since I've had rain, free rain over my own fridge and freezer. I can barely remember, but certainly peas. I w- that's like my number one, um, just because I like to use them all the time. I, I end up just blending them whenever I'm blending herbs. If I need like more body and more brightness, they're yeah. also fun to like throw into a soup or obviously ice my poor old back or hips. Yeah. Well, I have a question about your frozen bananas. Do you buy them? Probably not. You freeze them? Oh, oh yeah. I just freeze them myself. So you freeze them. How big do you cut them in half? Uh, so it depends. Coins. I, I'm not a coin person. I'm like, who has the fucking energy? I peel them. Some people do not. If you're making a banana bread. Peel it. So if you put your, if you're making a banana bread and you don't peel it, yes, the skin turns brown. But then when you thaw it, you can take off the skin and the inside is like extra sweet. 
So oh. those are great for making banana bread. Whoa, so, hot tip coming in. Yeah. Crap. Didn't know that. Yeah. But I do freeze mine. I usually freeze them whole or like just sort of split them in half. Mm-hmm. But if you want to make something like a banana whip, you know, which is just bananas turned into ice cream, then it does. They do need to be in smaller pieces. But like then I'll just break them apart with my hands once they're already frozen. It's not nice. no big deal. Very good. Um, I love having some of those. I love having like just a pack of like um, chicken thighs, some kind yeah. of emergency dinner situation. That's not like, you know, a lean cuisine, not that I would ever have it, but something mm-hmm. that is that I can cook rather than like a leftover. Right. Like it's raining and I don't want to go to the grocery mm-hmm. store, but I do want to cook. Indeed. Totally. That might be um, today for me. Yeah. I I have been known to have like a carcass laying around when I'm too um, lazy to make it a stock immediately. And I'll be like, yeah. oh, just freeze it. And then I look in my freezer drawer and it's like <laughs> a couple skeletons in there. I'm like, oh, wait, when's that from? I know. Or like just um, shrimp peels. Oh, yeah. Or like I mean, it's like, I just, yeah, I have the same thing. It's like, or, yeah. I'll just freeze these things right after dinner. It's like, I'm kind of tipsy. I'm like, I do, mm-hmm. well, this is the instant pot is great for all of that because then it's so easy to just throw everything in as opposed to like setting up a stock and then watching it all night long. Right. And then you have to stay up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I love if I uh, am making like a big batch of soup or even a sauce and I can't eat all of it or I can't, you know, give enough of it away. I'll freeze some of it and then you can repurpose, you know, I've made like different in the summer, like tomato-y soups or tomato-y sauces, like a tomato coconut situation. And then it's like, oh, I could cook some chicken in there. If it's thicker, I could cook, I could poach a fish, a fish in there. It can have kind of different lives. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I usually have like a tomato sauce or a pesto or something, or like a bolognese. Some yeah. Pesto freezes. Sauce. Yeah. Every time you make pasta sauce, you should make three times as much as you need. Cause then it's just there when you need it. You just reminded me, I have a bunch of amatriciana. I got to heat it tonight mm-hmm. after chip mm-hmm. hour. And then I would say if I am lucky and I have recently been to Chicago or my someone from Chicago has visited me and I have some of my sister's bread, I will freeze that so that I can have it whenever I want. But freezing bread is, can be difficult, but. I think freezing bread is so, I think bread is one of those things that weirdly freezes so well. Yeah. But how do you keep the air from getting in? What do you wrap it? Do you do like a saran wrap, a tinfoil? I leave it in its paper Mm because I read that actually leaving it in that paper is very good for it. Mm -hmm. And then I usually, you know, me and the saran wrap, we don't get along. So I'll usually just put it into a big freezer bag and like literally suck out the air. So like push it out and then go. Yeah. Like try to get it as tight as possible. I think that's what you're supposed to do. Okay, cool. I mean, if I was a person who had like one of those vacuum sealers, wow, that's sexy. Those are nice. Mm, they're a pain in the ass. I have one. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe I have a cheap one, but they like very rarely work on the first suck. <laughs> you have to do um, it like 20 times. Oh, that's annoying. Um, then screw. So you, it sounds like you don't have a phyllo dough or a... Not really. Do you, and I what's your... baking enough to fake it. Right. Okay. Fair. Fair. I just have like having a puff pastry around because like a puff pastry can t- make anything look beautiful. It's true. I should, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I haven't caught up with the times. 
Oh, what's like your ice cream sweet situation? Oh, wow. Wow. This, I mean, how have we never done an ice cream episode? That is a bit weird. Wow. Even if we just do one that's just about our own personal preferences. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All of the above. Um, I I love ice cream so much because I'm not really that big of a cake person. Throughout the years, I've been like the kid at the birthday party, like, yeah, I don't really want the cake. So then my love for ice cream just grew and grew and grew. I like to have um, a vanilla... I'm not a huge chocolate person as people know, um, a strawberry. And then I like to have a, co- I love a coffee. I love a coffee strawberry situation. I love a Van Leeuwen. I love a Haagen-Dazs. Oh my God. I, I love a Jenny's. I don't like ice cream flavors with too much going on. I like to have like one oddball, like, or obviously I love a mint chip, but I love like some kind of toffee situation or a nut, something with texture. There's this incredible kind of um, Indian ice cream place. I think it's called Malai in uh, Cobble Hill. And I think they're starting to sell those flavors, but they have like saffron and all that. It's just, it's incredible. What about you? I mean, and also like, I like having a, a halo top or an enlightened sometimes um, just because they are, they are much better for you <laughs> and it's not filled with all that fake sugar. Right. Wait, is it not filled with fake sugar? I don't think so. I think it's like a lot of monk fruit. It's not like the the kind of diet ice creams of yore that were chemicals. I think it's just like, um, it's like whey powder. I also think Halo Top is strangely delicious. They're but you have to get a good one. one. Yeah, it's You know how sometimes you buy it and it's like a, it's icy. Yeah, it's fucking weird. And then if it's wrong, it's wrong. Ooh, it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I won't go all the way into the saga of the ice creams that I like, but we do have an ice cream place around the corner called Venki and they're open until 11 and it's an Italian place. So they do amazing chocolates, like very good stracciatella, beautiful sorbets. So usually like we'll get something like that. It's funny. I went to the bodega the other day to get, I was like, I really just want like some Ben and Jerry's classic ones. And they had been sitting there for so long. They just weren't good. And it's a funny thing. It's like... This is why the freezer should not be the black hole because things do age in your freezer, especially if the temperature goes up and down. Do you want to get into this about like, what are the correct freezing times? Whoa, sure. I mean, do you have any thoughts? Well, I just know that people say like certain things you should not freeze longer than six months. I'm like, six months, try five years. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is, I, you know, I cleaned out my parents' refrigerator upstate, but there was no chance that I could touch the freezer. It's so overwhelming in there and it's so frightening that it's, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like every single thing in like a huge see-through Tupperware, I have to take off the lid and then like touch my tongue too, to see what it is. Cause like, it has no scent anymore because it's been frozen. Right. So I have to like lick it. And I'm like, is this dashi? Is this like shrimp broth? Oh my God. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh my God. Um, chicken, for instance, like I wouldn't be freaked out about freezing for a long time, but probably it's like a one year situation. Yeah. I think like most things are a year and then they've got to go. I mean, it's truly, it is not a black hole in the sense of like you open up this portal and then time is uh, infinite. Yeah. You know, it's not that like things start to degrade no matter what temperature they're at. We are still on planet earth. But like, here's a funny thing. So I think I hate the way that fish freezes. 
But if you ever get good sushi, that fish has been frozen because it like it and because it came from Japan, which is exactly a reason not to eat good sushi because it's the carbon footprint is astronomical, but also it's delicious. But like, so somehow they're doing something right in the freezing of fish. But then Mm -hmm. when I try to freeze fish at home, or even if I get like, you know, at certain supermarkets, they'll have like frozen toro or like frozen salmon or whatever. That's like sushi grade. Mm It still tastes weird. It's almost like a mealy apple. It's like, instead of having like the firmness of flesh, it's like it's waterlogged. Yeah. I don't know. I really, I've been struggling with this for years. I have no, I don't get it. And I feel like I ask food professionals about it a lot and they're always like, yeah, it's fish should freeze as well. And I'm like, go on, please. Like, yes. And how does one thaw it? I think that I know, I know that the trick is not thawing it quickly, but I've tried to thought slowly. I've tried to thought in the container that it comes in, out of the container comes in, lining a tray with paper towels to catch the water, just putting it on a plate. And still, no matter how dry it feels, I'm wondering if like at sushi places, are they thawing these things for days or do they have some kind of like evaporator, like something to get the water out? Well, also all of that fish is flash frozen, which is different from what we are trying to do if we like buy fish and then freeze it ourselves. True. So I think that definitely has something to do with it. But even so, yeah, I I just have not frozen fish in ages because I'm like, it doesn't work well. I think shrimp work well. Yes. The list ends there. (laughs) Yeah, the list ends really there. Smaller things are are easier and because they thaw quicker. But any Or like a squid, a lobster tail, I think because it has more um, like literal, like cholesterol in it, right? It's like it has more fat in it. So it's like mm-hmm. denser. So maybe that freezes better. I Possibly. Newsflash, we're not scientists. But if there's oh, any fishmongers on here, please DM us and, f- and tell us how to do this. Seriously. Wait, you know what freezes so fucking well? Hmm. An amazing steak. Oh my God. I love to have a good steak in my freezer. It's true. And then you can, red meat, you can start to cook sometimes even when it's fully frozen. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Because if you want it rare. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to come to room temp at all. Because the, yeah. if the inside, some people swear by that, like it'll keep the inside more rare because yeah. it will, yeah, it'll be. Well, my dad started doing that with burgers. I mean, you know, we've tried right. every thing imaginable. And it does work well. Yeah. Cause then it like really stays a proper medium rare. Do you have like any freezer organization tips? I think what we're about to get into like labeling things, but beyond that, no, I don't know. But like labeling things is all you need. Yeah. I mean, my freezer is not so big that like <laughs> if I label everything, I will still get like sucked in and lost. Like my freezer is very small. It's just a drawer mm-hmm. under mm-hmm. my refrigerator but like the labeling i bought a thing of you know painter's tape and a sharpie and now i label everything that goes in there and it's a freaking game changer yeah freaking game changer man (laughs) (laughs) yes we've been doing it for a while but i still will just like every now and then be like oh but i'll just throw this in and i'll label it later or or i'll just remember what this was or we'll eat this this week and then and then i don't do it if I was allowed, if I had my druthers, I would keep the tape and the Sharpie like on the fridge or like attached to it. You know, I, I, I live with someone who does not like to have any kind of adornments on there, like n- nothing on the fridge, Oh, same. which, yeah, I mean, I get it for aesthetic purposes, but like, 
it's a really good place to have, you know, a magnet with on my old fridge. When I used to live alone, I had this mag magnetic little, um, like a holder that I had tape and, and Sharpies in it yeah. and like a, a little magnetic notebook. So I could write down what I needed. And then the tape was right. I just didn't forget. Cause it was right there. Here's Even what's weird. The tapes in a drawer. I forgot. My fucking fridge is not magnetic. Oh yeah. That happens. The side of it might be, but you can't access the side. Can you? No, it's like shoved back in a thing and it's yeah. not magnetic. Cause I am, I do think like having a neat little notepad and wow, that sounds so like, what are all those shows on Netflix about organizing? But it doesn't, there's no magnet. So yeah, I'm sorry. But I agree. Like that is a, that will definitely keep you organized. Cause then it's all right everything with organization, seeing things. I also think um, if you are a person who plans out your meals, that like for the week, that's a very easy way of seeing organized with your freezer. Cause you're like, I cooked a chicken on Monday, which means that on Tuesday I'm cooking my stock and I'm having chicken soup for dinner on Tuesday, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think if you kind of get up before work and take out from the freezer, what, what you're eating later that night and put it in the fridge, like having that kind of a system. Yeah. I think most people, they forget to do that. And then they're, they're running whatever they're having for dinner under hot water. And then it gets kind of gross. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to be like, okay, I'm having, you know, some things take two days to thaw in the fridge, but I've always like got like the chicken on the counter trying to expedite the thawing process. But oh yeah, but so do I, I, who cares about that? That's fine. No, I just think I would remember like in terms of organization, just to kind of have that be habitual, like, oh, this, I'm taking this out for, I don't know. Then you'd start organizing the freezer. Like, oh, these are things I need to eat soon over on this side of the drawer. True. God, well, those people, that's a whole, that's a whole thing. Wait, I just, I think a freezer is kind of like a closet in that things that you don't see, you won't wear or things that you don't see, you won't eat. I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because I am actually doing a closet clean out as we speak. I'm about to start. I'm taking all of these clothes that I'm like, this doesn't excite me, but it might excite me in two years. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like creating my own little, like, I'm going to have a place that I can shop from in two years, but that right now they're clothes that I hate. I think that's so smart. I think that's so, so smart, especially as an actress. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that, you know, all the Marie Kondo stuff, all these, like you said, these shows about organizing, it's like, if you don't wear it, get rid of it. I can't tell you how many things I've gotten rid of over the years that then a couple of years later, I'm like, why the fuck did I re- get rid of that? I want it, it now. Was, and that was a nice, that was nice. Right. That wasn't exactly. like a piece of crap. Yeah, I know. Like I hadn't worn it because I wasn't going out, but like I, I'm... Or um, I hadn't worn it because like flared pants were out, but now they're back in and I wish I had those stupid fucking flared pants. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
wait, this is actually a perfect segue into cleaning out your tools mm-hmm. because, okay. So I think there are, there's like a whole world of tools like avocado slicers or like these weird things that people buy for their freezers to like hold their onion or their garlic or a lemon or whatever. Monkey things. Monkey things. That's a perfect, exactly. All these monkey things. So I, I like have, I like the idea of having a pared down kitchen where like, I know everything that's there. I know what I use it for and I don't have anything gimmicky. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, I have a rice cooker and I also have an instant pot and I have a KitchenAid and I also have like a hand blender and a queen. Like it still feels very, yes. like I have a lot. It does. And it's really hard in New York city or any living in any kind of small apartment, small kitchen. Cause you're like, where do all these gadgets go? And I don't want all of any of these things to kind of live on my countertop because I cook and I need my countertop, but then where will they live? Because there's no room. Literally they have to go in like a, a different closet. Yeah. I'd like to get a good list of those kind of one-off monkey things that actually work. Cause I think for the most part, they don't, we have a lot of those avocado kind of holders like once you've cut into one and it's like a silicone green looking avocado top that you slip it into and they work because you know they're keeping the skin from touching um the air so it doesn't get brown right but they only fit you we have you know they come in a pack of like five to fit five different sized avocados and then even then you still get an avocado that like doesn't fit you know poor guy not every avocado fits into a perfect avocado yeah silicone frame you know Except all shapes and sizes exactly <laughs> like sometimes you get like those cute little round guys and these are all like the more shapely yes exactly they've got that perfect pear shape indeed so I think that, well, first of all, newsflash, you can, your avocado, if it, if the skin touches the air, yes, you get a layer of brown, but it's such a thin layer and like you can kind of peel it off or just yeah. scrape it off. Okay. So sometimes I just leave it out or if I just put it in my, in the fridge, it's fine. It doesn't need to touch anything. Like this is what I think. I think people buy these gimmicky gifts actually because not gifts. First of all, they do buy them as gifts. I feel like often, but I feel like it's a very like germaphobe kind of a thing. Right. You know, of like, well, I don't want my avocado to get brown. So I have to put this thing on it. Like, and it's a lot of that right. kind of behavior as opposed to, right. Like if it gets brown, then it gets brown. And then I like peel it off or just like scrape it off. Right. It's fine. Well, back to part one from two weeks ago when we were talking about the invention of the fridge. It's just this mentality now that like, oh my God, nothing can touch room temperature air. Like everything has to go in the fridge. It's like nothing used to go in the fridge. Yeah. Fine. I know I've had my eggs sitting out for three weeks now and they're fabulous. Um, But don't try that at home as we discussed two weeks ago. Unless your eggs are fresh. Okay. Some of those little gimmicky things that I like, I have a stupid avocado slicer and that bit of it is stupid, but in the center, it has a thing for taking out the pit. So it has like three sort of prongs. Mm -hmm. You sort of, you know, press it into the pit and then that releases the pit, which like, of course I can do it with a knife. Yeah. With a knife, it can get rather treacherous depending on how much you're thwacking it. So I I do like that. Yeah. I think if you use the bottom of the knife, it feels safer. It's heavier. Like, you know, and then you don't have to be like, you don't have all that extra knife being slashed. It's like the most of the knife is above your hand anyway. So you're not in danger. Use like the bottom corner of your knife. It's just like, dink, 
Yeah. And then twist. Hmm. I like to get rid of the seeds right when I cut them. Like I don't want, I like, so I slice around and then I take the pit out as opposed to then having to grab another thing to take the pit out. Yes. That's smart. Okay. Well then fuck my avocado thing that I got. Throw it out. I like, uh, personally, I still like a garlic press. I know that purists are like, how dare mm-hmm. you? I love it. Uh-huh. I also have like that stupid garlic peeler thing. It's like a rubber cylinder. Oh, does that work? Yeah. Oh, I love them. It's like, if I'm just peeling one clove, I don't use it. But if I'm trying to do four, it's like you shove them all in and just roll it. And then I come out peeled. Wow. And what is that thing look? It's like a, um, like a pad kind of thing, like a rubber. So it's like just a rubber cylinder. Okay. Um, and like, for some reason, it's kind of like serrated on the ends and angled, but I don't know what that's about. Sure. Uh, and you just put them in. Yeah. And then just like press on it. Also, that's so low fi you yes. know? Yeah. What about you? Do you, are there like other gadgets that you love? I think that there's a real difference between, um, getting any gadget for like getting a, any garlic press or like a good garlic press, but I'm thinking specifically of juicers, like getting I think having a squeezy juicer just for like a couple halves, you know, just like a handheld thing, not, not a twisty, you know what I mean? Oh, not I like, know. oh, I'm doing a bunch. Although those have, I, I'm kind of obsessed with those now. Not, not motorized ones, just like an old fashioned. Yeah. And then you, then you can pour like a little measuring cup with a thing on top. But I mean, when you're just like making a couple margaritas or need a, a, a squeeze of lemon, because I hate getting seeds out with my hands. I hate squirting the lemon into my hands because to catch the seeds. I just feel like then I lose juice. Anyway, but some of those squeezy things are so cheap and you squeeze them and the juice comes out of the sides. Oh yeah, that's terrible. Oh my God, it's so frustrating. You always eyes. go, okay, so like we're talking about the kind where it's like at the end, there's a, there's a, a dome. Yeah, it's like a handle. And then there's handles, exactly. But like I have seen people put the lemon no. like into the dome, like the dome shaped part of the lemon into the dome. And then they're shocked when the juice comes out. And it's like, no, that's because you have to put the flat side in. Stupid. But I understand it because it's like the shapes are the same shape. But anyway. Anyway. But yes, how having one of those is a total essential. I have used some that have some kind of like mechanism, I don't know, inside that's not it's not like battery operated. It just kind of slows it down <clears throat> and it makes the juice actually all come out of the holes and not squirt out the sides. Anyway, oh, so I think like, I would like to invest in one of those and get rid of the one that I have. How do you feel about like an ice cream scooper? Just switching gears here. <laughs> A regular ice cream scooper? Good to have or not? Because that's something that not people don't use all the time. Oh, I think having an ice cream scooper is essential because if you really want to enjoy your ice cream, it should be scooped with a scooper, not just with a spoon. I like a round, a very rounded scoop. It makes me feel like I went to a parlor. I agree. Right? I thought yes. you meant maybe there was like a motorized ice cream scoop that I had never heard of. No. Wow. Slow cooker and instant pot. Do you have both? No. Thank God I got rid of my slow cooker when I got my instant pot. But this is what I mean about like, I still have my sous vide because it's very skinny and tiny and I love it. Yeah. And I still also have my rice cooker because the rice cooker makes oh, the greatest rice. It does. And I've been trying to convince um, Chris that we need to get one. And he's like, but why? We have the instant pot. I'm like, the nope. instant pot can make rice, but it cannot make excellent. Really, rice. exactly. Sure, it can, uh, but like, so can the stove. 
You've got to get that Zojirushi. I do. You ha- and get a small one. You don't have to get a huge one. It's so Zojirushi. It's like the top Japanese um, rice cooker for all you guys don't who don't know. And you know, American rice cookers they look different. They have like the they like a little pot. They like a little pot yes, at the top. Yes, 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 so yes, I yes. found a Zojirushi one like that because mm-hmm. usually it's like the space ship kind of opening thing. Yes. Then I was like, is this even as good? Anyway, I passed on it. Do pass because that what's great about the Zojirushi is you can set it for long grain, short grain, right. brown rice, porridge. It's like a Japanese toilet. It's, it's a total toto. Yeah. Which, <laughs> wow, I love a toto. I am so sad not to have a toilet seat that warms my butt. I do find it shocking though every time you oh, sit down. Shocking. <laughs> Soothing. <laughs> yes. So I think a rice cooker is great. But like, here's a question. When does one get rid of their KitchenAid? Because a KitchenAid for people who bake is like, you cannot live your life without a KitchenAid. People are obsessed. They save up for them. Like it's the, it's the greatest. I have one. It's wonderful, but it takes up so much space. I know. But it's like, if you need a KitchenAid, nothing else will do. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's no other gadget that will do all of the things that a KitchenAid can do. You know, I feel like a bad cook. I have, I have yet to uh, fully understand that. Like, cause I'm still of the mind that like, I'll just shift if, if I don't have the KitchenAid and I need to do this one thing. I've never been like stuck because I don't have a KitchenAid. Yeah. I mean, do you have those? So what do you do for like an electronic beater, uh, an electric beater? Do you know what I mean? Like a handheld mixer. So you got, you have one of those. Yes. Like the two or like yes. one? I have both just because I have an immersion blender that switches out to um, a whisk function, a single whisk, which I never use. I think that's probably pointless, but the handheld mixer I think is, is great. I mean, let's be honest, anything I could whip, I'm probably trying to whip by hand, work up the sweat. You know, me, Mayo Jordan, but I, I think the, the hand, the electric hand thing, I love those. Also it reminds me of being a kid and like baking cookies, like using yeah. that and, or like whip. I don't know. I do think you could just use that. I think it's like, if you need a dough hook for anything, right. I've definitely made pasta dough in a KitchenAid and it's incredible. And you can't do that with a hand mixer, but you could also do that by hand. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, maybe I don't really need one. Need. I do think you should keep it now. I'm throwing you for a loop. Yeah. Right. It's like, I don't, I, uh, we are all aware of the fact that like need is a very strong word to be using in this context, but I think, yeah, I'll keep it because like, Hey, what the fuck else am I going to do with it? But also like, I don't really need that particular space so badly. It's more like the area where all of my Ziploc bags are that I need (laughs) because I cannot throw out a plastic bag as we know. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly washing and rewashing Ziploc bags. Do you think that like degrades them somehow or makes like the cancers come out? Oh boy. I'm sure. But I don't really keep anything in plastic for that long that I worry about it. Do you remember like a long time ago when Cheryl Crow was going through chemo and she was talking about like, there was some article she was like, I never, like she drinks from a glass water bottle. Like I am so scared about like driving around Santa Monica Boulevard with a, a Poland spring, like slowly leaching chemicals into the water. Got it. And this, I mean, I, I, one of the many reasons 
plastic is evil but she thought that she got it because like she had left basically right. you know, she would, like have a plastic bottle and it would sit in the sun and that does degrade it i mean like yes. after 500 years your plastic will degrade so so i think similarly sophie only wash those things a few times oh. and you're doing so much i mean i am i i can only try and be more and more like you you're you're really living the plastic free you're at least you're trying you know thank you for saying that though about the degrading because now i am like oh once it's gotten holes in it like that does mean it has already degraded to a point beyond yeah beyond what you want to be putting food in okay this is good because i bought i bought like a few silicone bags Mm -hmm. have those stashers yep i have those too i was like oh those will be those will be a good alternative when i once i'm done with the sad ziplocs but hey you know what New year, new me, baby. Good. Here's the thing that I think people can throw out if they if we're looking to clean out tools. Yes. Let's talk about knives for a little bit. Oh, baby, one of our favorite subjects. Okay. You really need, obviously, you could do everything with a chef's knife. I was just reading some, like, I don't remember, something about a like a young chef going into a kitchen for the first time, like brought all his whole knife roll and the the head chef like laughed at him being like, put those away. Like all you need really is your chef ni- chef's knife, maybe a paring knife. Like you don't need, sure, there are all these different slicing knives and like this, the long skinny one sometimes is great for like filleting stuff and a scent, what is it? Santoku is like, that's the Japanese chef's knife, which actually is, I think better. And a lot of you, a lot of people probably have one and not an American chef's knife and they don't even realize it. Um, it's like fatter, better for kind of chopping and slicing because the American chef's knife is like nine inches and a Japanese one is usually between six and seven. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you need that. You need a paring knife. You need a serrated knife for bread. And like pretty much that's it. Well, All did, those other knives. Did you ever have kids in high school? Yes. Like doing the knife selling thing. That's where I was going to. So it's, I mean, it's so, so random. So I guess it's like the Mary Kay for, for young men. It's just hilarious though, because it's like, baby, this is a pyramid scheme. Yeah, exactly. This is multi-level marketing. Right. But, and it would be like for, you know, for the low price of 99.99, you can get 24 knives. It's like, there's no reason that anybody needs 24 fucking knives. No, in a huge, like one of those throwing floors, (laughs) throwers. (laughs) <laughs> hilarious but but yes i agree with you a paring knife a chef's knife and a serrated knife and if you are a person who loves to have a cleaver wow baby get on oh, that wow i really want one i love a cleaver oh. when i was in china actually that was the only i had a paring knife and a cleaver and that That's was amazing That's but like amazing. a cleaver takes real i think it takes real time to like learn the weight of that i yeah. certainly did not in my time there but like to use that both for chopping vegetables and chopping up a chicken, but also for chopping herbs. Like it's yeah, it's some real skill. Real skill. Whole different motion. No rocking. Just like it's more muscular, it seems. It's true. Yeah. Lift, 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 lift. Yeah. But I will say I have dreams about like being able to cut through the way that a Chinese chef at like a can slice through chicken and the bone. Do you know what I mean? When you get like chicken or duck cut up like that and those, and it's the bone is cut too. It like tastes better. I don't know. Mm. Like when you get a a better stock with all those bones cut up. That's where all the collagen lives. Yes. True. I mean that it has to be a cleaver thing because it's like the sheer weight of it Mm -hmm. just does a whole different thing. Woo woo. Anyway, I would say get rid of your knife block. You can get 
um, a magnetic thing that you put on your wall. Sophie and I both have them. We've talked about them before. That knife block is taking up so much stupid space. Put the knives on a magnetic thing on the wall. It's the bets. Well, or don't put them in a drawer. Oh, guys. Oh, my God. Tell me that nobody who's listening to this has put their knives in a drawer. A, that's going to blunt them because they're going to rub against one another. B, guaranteed at some point you're going to end up accidentally grabbing a fucking blade. You no, I think in the drawer, like with a, with, you know, whole different. Oh, there are things in a thing. Yes, but I mean, still. If you have a huge kitchen, like a knife block, sure, beautiful. But like, if you're at all strapped for space, yeah, just one of those magnetic strips. Plus I like to see my knives. I think they're very beautiful. They are. But it's funny because I do have more knives than the number that we just described. But mostly that's just because like, I don't want to give anything away. And my dad has given me his old knives over the years. So what are you going to do? But What are you going to do? anything else I'm trying to think like is there other stuff I would like to give away like I had a huge juicer for a while that I finally got rid of because I was like number of times a year that I juice is zero so messy in terms of you know like stirrers I mean when you're cooking like wooden versus silicone versus I guess people aren't really using rubber metal do you know what I mean like I think a lot of people I I love cooking with like a flat wooden thing I think that's just like from growing up using it, but I've read that like you probably shouldn't, you should just be using all silicone because it's easier to clean. It it lasts a lot longer and you can scrape and the wooden ones, like they start to get really porous and they can splinter. They do start to get porous, but I'm like, if it's poor, like I'm not taking my wood my wood. I'm not like taking my wooden spoon and then just like leaving it in a pot for four hours. Right. I'm not that worried about something happening if it gets porous. I'm not either. And I'm nothing scrapes like that wooden scraper thing. Nothing. A silicone can't. I mean, part of me is like, oh no, are we more attached to this idea of like rusticity than we need to be? Like it feels very beautiful to be cooking with wood. Whereas like, you know, I have my silicone spatulas and they're fucking heinous, but they're really good. Really good. But I don't know if they can get like the browning off the bottom of a pot the same way. You know what I mean? They can't. They definitely need something heavier. And the wood is good because it won't scratch a non-stick, which metal obviously will. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I'm thinking about, I have two sort of like buckets, like these big porcelain buckets on either side of my stove. And they have all my spatulas, my rolling pins, my ladles, like all of that stuff in them. And like, that's a, that's an area I could really stand to clean out. Exactly. That's a, like, I, I think a rubber, not spatula, like a spatula. No, what's a, oh my God, I'm losing it. What's like a thing you use to flip things and go under. You call that a spatula. Yeah. Like, so like, so like a thing? true spatula. 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 It sounds like we're trying to say like spatula, but like, we're forgetting the, it's like such a strange word. It spatula. is. Spatula. Spatula. The rub, like a a plastic one. Get rid of it. I feel like you need a metal one. For fish. And I guess, is there ever a time, obviously a fish spatula, I think is really important. There is not one here. I need to buy one. And that's just like a spatula that's a bit longer. So you can get under a whole filet and it's like more wobbly. It's not as stiff. So it can kind of follow the delicate contours of, of the flesh of a fish in a, you know, the way that a stiff one cannot. Then um, you need a good, like kind of rounded one so that if you are baking or if you need to get out every last drop of something, you can use that. So I use like a, a 
silicone one for that. That's so important to have that. I was cooking for a family on Sunday and they did not have one. And I was making all these different sauces and things in um, uh, the Cuisinart. And like trying to get out everything that like a thick sauce from a Cuisinart with a, with a spoon. I mean, the way that I'm rolling my eyes, it's like, I'm so incensed about this. (laughs) How can you not have this? Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think it's good to have a ladle. I love though, to have a wooden spoon. Like I don't want to cook with a metal spoon all the time too loud. So I do like to have a wooden spoon for those purposes. You just need one whisks. I have a, I have a bunch of whisks. I'm not going to lie. You You got too many whisks. You have a little, little whisk, a big whisk. I have a small, I have a thin whisk, a big balloon whisk, which is great, of course, for whipping cream. And mm-hmm. then I have a teeny tiny whisk. That's like yep. making hot chocolate. I need to be able to whisk that. Oh, and then I have one with balls at the end that like, I think my dad thought was going to be great for salad dressing, which it's not that one. I oh, could get rid of the jar. Always go back to the jar. I think a spider, which is like one of these metal larger, um, things with a handle that you can kind of, it's like a colander at the end of a stick. Usually you see them in in like, um, Chinese, Japanese markets. There's not really an American equivalent besides like one of those dumb, it's kind of like a spoon, uh, ladle, but it has holes in the bottom, like a claw. Those don't work. Well, you're talking about basically like a skimmer, right? Where it's like, you're cooking, let's say like you're cooking chicken broth and like the top has Mm-hmm. on it you want to like use it to get it off right or no, you this is more go- for like your comp you're like you know you're taking things out of a boiling pot ah does it have a basket on the end yeah it's like a big basket it's like a colander oh a full basket oh yeah. God, sorry i thought you're talking about one of the ones that's like oh more- i see what you mean oh those are cool those are cool those are good also for um squeezing citrus well that's a really good idea that's beautiful to cook pasta in oh per- that's what i then you don't have to be like taking the whole pot to the sink yeah. I love those. I use them all the time. Also for frying things. Mm -hmm. Like if you're frying some uh, latkes again, she did it again. Latkes. (laughs) Some some latkes, some, you know, chicken tenders, anything to try and get that out of the oil and any kind of plastic, then you're carrying more oil. You know, this is just a, anyway, I have strong feelings about having a spider. Well, I think this is a good thing to segue into sieves, strainers. What's your story? I love strainers, colanders. I don't have a sieve. Interesting. No sieve at all. No. Why would I use it for? I feel like I use yeah. mine all the time. I use mine like to drain my yogurt. Like I line it with cheesecloth. Oh, see, I, I don't make yogurt. But like if you're, if you want to um, sieve any flour, to get rid of clumps. Yeah, I don't bake that much. But like I use that instead of a colander. I got rid of my colander. Oh shit. Huh. I always use a colander. I like to divide up space in the sink. Mm, That's so true. I love to divide up space. But I have a salad spinner. That's true. Use that. Yeah. But I love to have one of those. So I have like a big conical one, Mm -hmm. which is so great for like, if you're making stock, Mm-hmm. To pour, you know, like to strain yes. that for some reason, because the sieve does not work for that. A colander yeah. can work, but then like the colander is too big often to like fit into a bowl. You get a splash. Yeah. So that's good. Have we told the people enough things to get rid of? Oh shit. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm worried we're telling people things to keep. Um, yeah. <laughs> knives is big. 
get rid of your monkey, uh, monkey toys, monkey objects, monkey things, monkey things. Yeah. I mean, Hey, if you are great, like if you have a mini chop and like that is ringing you joy and is super useful. I love a mini chop. It is actually, I know my, uh, my parents have some idiotic one. It's like a handheld spinner that like oh. my dad was bringing to Los Angeles with them the other week. And I was like, why are you fucking bringing that? And he was like, you should see the salsa this guy makes. That's so cute. <laughs> I would say a lot of people, myself included before I moved, have doubles of way too many measuring instruments. Oh, yep. And I do think you need, if you cook a lot, you probably need more than one um, set of like teaspoon to tablespoon yep. situation. I- Please have them all attached. I hate when they're loose, but I weirdly like to keep my tablespoon loose because yeah, he's use it more. He, yeah. yeah, I use it more and he's just like, whoa, like hanging out. Yeah. So I like to keep him loose, but the rest of them got to stay attached. Yeah. And then, you know what I don't use so much are like the little metal individual, like fourth cup, third cup, half cup. Like I, I guess that's good maybe for baking if you need to like with flour, like, you know, like, um, level it off. Yeah, level. Oh, that's very satisfying. Yeah, hugely satisfying. But I think I I would rather just have a set of different sized um, measuring cups, like Pyrex ones. Yeah, I have two. I have one that's plastic and one that's glass measuring cups. But then you're right. I have those fucking things, and none of the like those those separate a third, a quarter, blah blah blah. But none of the containers that my sugar and flour live in can oh, fit the, those. Yes. Like it's it's so it's so pointless. The right, whole then you're thing. taking a spoon to put it into the, into the cup. Yeah. Like beyond idiotic, which I don't know if I should be fixing. I don't know which part of the system I should be fixing, but have you ever heard of this trick? I've yet to do it, but I'm so excited about it. When you have to measure like a specific amount of honey, I mean, let's be honest, probably it doesn't need to be that specifically measured. I mean, maybe if it's for baking, but something sticky. Yeah. Um, if you spray your little cup with like cooking oil then put the honey or whatever in, or, you know, something like this, that's just gooier, it'll just slide out as opposed to, you know, then you've got the little rubber spatula and you're like trying to get out every last drop and you're like, this wasn't the correct amount because half of it's stuck in there. Right. Really excited about that. I love having, I know it's aerosol is bad, but having a spray container, it doesn't necessarily need to be, um, you could probably make one with oil. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they so make, helpful. Remember there used to be that company like Oleo or something, and it was like an like a at-home aerosolizer. Oh. You would like put things in, and then I think you would do like this pneumatic motion. I'm showing Ari. It's like you would like pump it, and then it would mm-hmm. become a spray. Very cool. I, but it's funny because you use those. I bought one at your behest. I bought like a, like an Osprey olive oil. I never use it. It never occurs to me. I always forget about it. Great for baking. Yeah. I think even roasting when you don't want to like be glugging so much olive oil onto stuff yeah. or like lining. I like to roast things on a, um, a wire rack Yeah, and some things stick. And even if those are made, if those are non-stick sometimes they still sick and you don't want to be like rubbing olive oil roast things on a wire rack sometimes yeah it's like vegetables no usually like pieces of meat oh yeah 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 because then it's like it circulates sorry i thought you meant vegetables and i was about to get so excited but i was like oh my god i could try it but then i feel like the whole point is that it you want it to brown yeah and you wouldn't get the caramelization yeah 
I think we did a fucking great job with this episode. Me too. Hey, hey, happy Easter, everybody. Yeah, guys, happy Easter. Um, we hope that you are drinking weird Kahlua cocktails out of chocolate bunnies and maybe eating a leg of lamb with some spring peas. Got to go out, look for some ramps. Yeah. Have an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Dye some beautiful eggs. Remember, I've got to repost the picture of the eggs that you and your dad made a couple of years ago. They were so pretty, the hand-painted ones. Well, we love you guys and we'll see you next week for a very fun interview. Oh, yes. Very exciting. Another fantastic guest. All right, guys. Happy cleaning. Happy Easter. 